Dies Marie Villahorta. Hello, and you're very welcome to ABP's Farm Matters series. Mary Kennedy here, and in this final episode of the series, we're looking at how leading genetic research by ABP, the Irish Cattle Breeders Federation, and Tagusk is presenting opportunities to reduce emissions in dairy beef production. To discuss these matters, we are joined by Dr. Porik French, who's Head of Livestock at Chagask, by Dr. Andrew Crummy, who geneticist and technical director of the Irish Cattle Breeding Federation that we all know as ICBF. And also based in Cork is Donal McCarthy, a dairy farmer from Clonakilty. So we're going to start with you, Dr. Porik French. Will you tell us a little bit about dairy beef production in this country? Hi, Mary. Yes, so the Irish dairy herd, as probably everybody knows at this stage, um, has expanded an awful lot in the last number of years. And I suppose one of the striking features about the Irish dairy herd that's quite different to most other dairy herds in the world is that we have very fertile cows. And our cows last a long time and produce lots of calves. Only a very small proportion of them are needed to replace the herd. So therefore, about half of the dairy herd in Ireland is bred to beef bulls. And as the herd has got more fertile and as the growth in the herd has slowed down, then we can put more cows and calves to beef bulls. And those beef calves that are coming from the dairy herd, plus the male dairy calves that aren't required for dairy production, enter the beef herd. And this is a very sustainable way, obviously, of producing beef because it's ultimately a byproduct of the dairy herd. And as the dairy herd has grown over the last number of years, so too has the number of these cattle coming through into the beef industry. And they're now the predominant source of livestock for the beef industry in Ireland. What now do you see as the challenges facing these dairy farmers and beef farmers with regard to dairy beef, as you've described it? So I suppose the challenge is that the dairy farmer is producing these animals, okay, and the reason they do it is they want the cow to calve every year to produce milk. On the other hand, the, the beef farmer, they want an animal that they can grow efficiently and convert into high-quality meat product. The, the, child, the dairy farmer is focused on having the animals calving at the right time of the year, having, uh, I suppose, an easy calving from the cow, and whereas the beef farmer is much more focused on the beef traits of the calf. So the challenge is to find the genetics that will deliver for the dairy farmer uh, an easy, an easy calf, born calf and short gestation. And that will also deliver the traits that the beef farmer wants of high growth rate, ability to eat grass uh, and grow fast on a grass based diet. So tell us then about the, the, this, the research and all of the, 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 the work that's being done by ABP, by Tagusk and by the ICBF with a view to making this possible. So Tagusk and ABP have been working in collaboration with ICBF for, for many years now on trying to find the suitable genetics to use on the dairy herd. So we have been evaluating the progeny of a range of beef sires, particularly young sires that are potentially suitable for uh, this dairy beef uh, production system and we've been buying the, those calves back using those test bulls that are coming through using those test bulls across dairy herds around Ireland procuring the calves back from those dairy herds and rearing them together on Chagas farms on uh, the ABP farm in Carlo and also in conjunction with ICBF at the Tully Test Centre and we've been evaluating those beef animals that are produced from the dairy herd from those young elite beef sires to identify the most suitable genetics. And how's it going? It's going very well up until now. We have, you know, we've been evaluating a lot of sires. 
we've identified bulls that are suitable. I suppose what has been a real step forward for us in the last uh, year and a half has been the introduction of the new index, which is a selection tool that farmers can use for selecting bulls, which puts an economic weighting on all the important traits for dairy farmers when they're selecting beef bulls. And what do you see, Porig, as uh, the future, like the, the trends that are coming and going? What we see over time is we have to become more efficient, both environmentally mm-hmm. and economically efficient. Mm-hmm. And the key driver of efficiency is producing the beef and milk from grass. And from a particularly on a beef perspective, we need to reduce the age at which these animals are produced for beef. This will reduce their environmental footprint. So I think the real challenge for us is to produce animals that can grow fast on a grass-based diet and reach a target carcass weight uh, at a young age, thereby reducing our environmental footprint, but also, I suppose, improving the economic efficiency for the beef farmer in question. We also, I think, need to get a vertical integration between the dairy and the beef industry, where the dairy farmer is responding to the needs of the beef industry. What has been the impact of COVID on the work that you're doing? I suppose COVID has made it more difficult to collect data on farms. I suppose we haven't been able to get out onto farms this year as much as other years, but most of the work would have continued except for the challenges of getting data from commercial farms. It's funny, um, as somebody who comes from a non-farming background and you'd be driving around the country and seeing herds of cattle in fields, We've no idea how much work and how much research and how much science uh, people like you are putting into uh, the, the, the herds. I suppose the science has moved on a lot in the last number of years in particular. Like the dairy farmers today and the way they manage grass is so different to mm-hmm, 10, mm-hmm. 15 years ago. Most farmers are managing their farms on their iPhones today, yeah. you know. So t- the thing has moved on an awful lot in the last 10, 15 mm-hmm, years. Yeah. You speak with great enthusiasm about it. You must uh, re- be really, you know, passionate about the, the work that you do. Yeah, the, the sector, particularly the dairy sector and, and the dairy beef sector, they're growing sectors there, you know, for the farmers that are involved with it, there's opportunity there. And it's been very positive for the last five five to ten years. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, keep up the good work and continued success mm-hmm. to you with the, the, the research. And we're going Thanks, to have yeah. a word now with Dr. Andrew Crummy, who's technical director of the ICBF. Andrew, can you explain the importance of genetics for the National Herd and also the work that you do, your own work in mass genotyping the Irish cattle population? Thanks very much, Mary. I suppose fundamentally the job of ICBF is to make sure that the quality of genetics that farmers have is improving year on year. We're a a cooperative of of the organisations that are involved in in cattle breeding in Ireland across AI, recording, Caird Brooks, farmers, etc. And our role then is to consolidate all of the data into a single central database, so data from farms, from the meat processors such as ABP. All of that data comes together into a central database um, it's one of the largest uh, cattle breeding databases in the world. Um, you also mentioned the, the piece about genotyping. And, uh, you know, um, in Ireland, we have actually the largest genotype da- database of cattle, again, in the world globally. So we are really world leaders in this area, driven a lot by very strong industry support, but also government support through our Department of Agriculture. And the goal of the breeding program then is to help then identify those animals and then get them into AI to propagate those very positive, those favourable genes 
uh, that are going to ultimately leave more money for farmers, but more importantly, and growing uh, the whole sustainability and climate efficiency of uh, the dairy and the dairy beef sector. Yeah, because I was just about to ask you about that, um, because sustainability and um, the environment is hugely important. So uh, will you tell us about how genetics can reduce, say, for instance, emissions? I mean, in the past, obviously, our focus, our primary focus was really around profitability. Um, well, what's really relevant and interesting in this context is, is profitability and sustainability very much go hand in hand in the context of production efficiency in animal agriculture. And by that, I mean, if we look at, uh, for example, the animals that are going to leave more money in the context of from a beef production perspective, I mean, the genetic differences that we're seeing between individual animals, there are there's about a 30 kilogram difference in carcass weight uh, between, we call it the, the best performing animals and the worst performing animals from a, a genetics perspective. Now, why that's important in the context of efficiency is it means that basically farmers can actually bring those animals forward for slaughter six weeks, two months earlier. So that also has benefits from him from a, a profitability perspective because he's uh, saving money in terms of cost of feed, etc. But more crucially, going forward in the context of the whole environmental and sustainability conversation is that th- those animals are producing less methane in their lifetime because they're being able to come forward for slaughter at a younger age. So that's the first and very real tangible benefit around what genetics can bring to the table. The second one then is, is the work that we're doing in Tully and Kildare, which Porig referred to, which is that a, a subgroup of animals that are coming through the Chagas and ABP research project. And there we are measuring directly not only feed intake and efficiency, but also methane output. So direct methane output on those individual animals. And what's very positive in that, in that work, and it's very much new and, and groundbreaking work in the context of, of this whole area, is that the more efficient animals, those animals that I've talked about in terms of carcass weight and, and, and age of slaughter, are also the animals that produce less total methane. So again, it's a, it's a win-win. So not only are you able to get these animals away younger in terms of age of slaughter, they're actually lower feed intake and lower methane output uh, as well, which is an additional benefit because uh, that has great potential in terms of helping us hit the you know, those very significant, those real targets around a 2 million tonne reduction, a 10% reduction in our, our, in our, 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 our greenhouse gas output, which is a, has been targeted initially in the context of the, that 2030 requirement. Um, so very positive. So this is the work that you in ICBF are doing in collaboration with Tagusk and ABP. That's correct. And it's in, the, it's in that broad context of the the, the overall breeding program work I mentioned earlier on in terms of the data, the de- database, the genotyping. And then Porig also talked about the importance of the integration piece. So the integration piece through to uh, meat processing partners such as ABP is going to be increasingly crucial because that's where breeding piece really um, um, fits in in terms of linking the dairy farmers through to the, 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 the calf rearer, the beef farmer that's through uh, into the meat processing sector. And Porig also mentioned earlier on this dairy beef index, which we've developed, which again is world first in that context. There isn't a, another uh, dairy country in the world has a dairy beef index at this stage, which is, is really then again helping farmers identify those bulls that are going to meet requirement in terms of easy calving and short gestation, but then crucially produce a calf that are going to have good growth and be able to slaughter at a younger age 
and have a lower carbon footprint ultimately. And that's really, it's that dairy beef index, the database, the breeding program that helps knit it all together. So this work that you're doing with genetics, Andrew, how immediate is the opportunity um, for, for farmers around the country? It is. Now, there's one thing about genetics and, and uh, we've always, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not a quick fix, you know, at genetics. Genetic improvement is something, it's, it's, um, we always use the analogy, it's permanent, it's cumulative, it's very cost effective. The most important thing about genetics is when you're doing it right, you're year on year building up the favorable genes within your population. That's the crucial bit. Now, the challenge that we've had in the context of dairy beef, and Porig alluded to this at the start, is that when we were, we were focused in growth in our dairy herd, our dairy farmers were very much focused on, on the traits that were important for the dairy farmers. So easy calving and short, short gestation because they don't want problems around calving. But that's not necessarily um, positively linked with having a, a good growthy calf. You know, if you think about the biology there. So effectively, what we're having to do in the context of genetics is break that correlation. Those two sets of traits are effectively working against each other. So our challenge in in this particular area was that these beef traits had been slowly deteriorating in the context of our, our, our beef from the dairy herd. So the first thing we've had to do in the last number of years is turn that genetic trend around. And we have now done that. And with the dairy beef index, we're now very confident that over the next three, five, eight, 10 years, we're just going to continue to grow and grow that. And I know 10 years sounds a long time away, um, but it's not really in the context of genetics and genetic improvement. And that's fundamentally what the role of ICPS is all about. We are, I suppose, creatures of habit. So um, what are the challenges that you would have, like changing, say, a, a, a farmer's mindset with regard to the way he... Has his heart. The biggest challenge that um, we will face and do continually face is is is, is really the dairy farmers so focused on, on the cow and, and the milk production and probably the big mindset change is that we need him to really appreciate and understand that that calf that he generates is is no longer something that okay I have to, I get rid of my calves at three weeks of age I sell them in the mart it's the appreciation that to have more and more rearers there in the future to take those calves and, and one, make money out of the calves from a profitability perspective, but also improve the carbon footprint of our national herd. We really need those dairy farmers. That's where the real mindset change in terms of producing a better calf year in, year in. It's absolutely fascinating hearing all about this uh this genetics and all the research that goes into the the, the herd. Um, and it's lovely to hear you say that we are world leaders in this area in, in agriculture. We are, you know, I, I've often I've often reflected and thought about that. And, and, and I know it's not a part. Well, we, we talk very positively and openly about, you know, our position in, in, in the world in the context of horse breeding or horse race. Yeah. But actually, ironically, in the context of cattle breeding now, you know, we are, we are very much seen as world leaders. You know, we're, we're right up there with the, the US, with uh, what's happening in the best of Europe. And, and it come, that has come really through, you know, you know, 20 years ago, ICBF was, was set up where 
individual entities came together and shared the data and set up an organization and set up a central database and got the farmers involved. So there's a remarkable synergy there now, which is, is helping to move the national cattle Forward. Well, it's lovely to hear about the collaboration and the fact that, uh, as you say, 20 years ago, people came together and were working together rather than against each other. And it reminds me of the, the old Shannachal, Ninyartha Kerla Kayla, you know, the strength when we all come together. So, yes, Andrew, uh, thank you so much for that. Donal McCarthy, a dairy farmer from Clonakilty. You are at the Coalface. How did you get into uh, this practice? Hi Mary, I suppose first of all um, I come my from the farming background and my dad uh, I suppose was heavily involved in uh, AI or basically breeding in the dairy herd back in the early 70s so in our farm we have used AI since since back in the 70s and I suppose you know in the 70s and 80s and 90s and all that time all the AI was being used for breeding purely for, for the best dairy cows. So over the years, we saw the benefit of uh, enormously of the work being done by um, Tagus Campadre and, and Andrew and ICBF in the whole dairy side of the farming, where they massively improved our herd and what we were getting out of our herd. So I suppose in the last maybe uh, 10 years uh, in particular, um, I suppose uh, on our farm, we've kind of focused on producing the calf that is suitable for the beef uh, farmer. And uh, we put a lot into that. And I suppose it's probably only over the last 10 years um, that there's been a focus on the AI side of producing and getting that information to the farmer um, of the bulls that are suitable to achieve what we are trying to achieve. Um, And I suppose, you know, our job is the easy side of it because what we do is we take the information that Audrey and and, uh, Andrew have gathered and basically they give it to us in a format which we can apply to our herd so that we can produce a calf that is suitable for the beef, the beef farm. So I suppose we had the confidence in that. And the benefits that you've seen in the past number of years? The benefits really, Mary, have been huge really, I suppose, for me and in particular, because I suppose we, what we do is we sell all our calves. Um, so we sell them, uh, which, which means that, um, you know, from my point of view, it's very important to have a calf that basically, you know, looks well, does performs well, and then it's a that I get it to a a, um, a beef producer who in turn gets the results out of it. You mentioned confidence before, and uh, it really is about confidence, isn't it? On both sides, that the the the, the person has confidence in um, what you have produced and what you have worked on. That's an important point to make, and that there's there's one thing to do the the selecting, the breeding, and all that, but also I think you know. Dairy farmers have to, um, you know, put the work into their cows and make sure that they're, you know, kept well, maintained well, and you know, a good start in the calf means a huge lot. In that, you know, typically I would be selling my calves at between three and four weeks of age, and I agree that's the most critical time uh, for a calf because if if I give a calf to a beef producer after four weeks and that calf is in, you know, is thriving well. Going it going well at that point in time, it's much easier for the, the beef farmer to pick up that calf and take him on and take him on his journey because it was supposed to key to getting um, what Audrey and Andrew are saying there is that a calf must grow every day and the calf must get great gain weight every day. And every day that a calf doesn't do that, that the time to catch up is practically double. So it's vital that, that, that you know that we that us dairy farmers, you know, 
take it very, very serious in terms of producing cows for the beef industry. And Donald, what lessons have you learned from this type of farming over the past few years? And I suppose being, being an accountant uh, by background as well, like what I found is, is that definitely, you know, using, uh, using the information that's available to us is hugely, hugely rewarding. It also makes the, the work far more interesting and uh, I suppose, and you can see the results in the bottom line. I suppose that's the, the, the big thing really in that, like, you know, I can tell you that I typically sold my, my, my beef bull calves for in excess of 250 euros on average this year, which, uh, and, and my heifers were about somewhere between 200 and 225 euros. And that was all somewhere in the age between three and four weeks of age. But those kind of numbers, you know, a lot of farmers wouldn't be achieving those numbers. So from a business point of view, it makes sense. But is it also important to you that from an environmental point of view, um, it's it's working? Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, the, the big thing there, I suppose, is what, what we see now in our herd is, is that, you know, we typically keep um, 20 to 25 percent, uh, we'd say, maximum replacements. OK, and that's because we have, I suppose, the, the, the genetics built up uh, so that, you know, the, the longevity of the cows in the herd is far longer now than what it was previously. So that, that then obviously reduces our carbon footprint hugely. And then it allows us to actually, you know, um, produce more calves for beef. And then that, and then as I say, by using the right um, uh, genotypes in that, we've got animals now that can that are sought after by, by ABP producers, which in, who, will, who will in turn um, get through, uh, we say, to the, to the processor in a much shorter period of time with, with positive weight gains above your average uh, animal. And I suppose that's really ultimately the goal for everybody. So it's a win-win, win-win for the dairy farmer, win-win for the beef farmer, you know, and win-win for the environment all, all the way through. Mm-hmm. And finally, Donald, if you were to give a message to some fellow farmers who might still need to be convinced, what would you say? I, I suppose the single message I would give to me is this, I'd say is that, you know that the the, the the dairy beef calf is a very important role to play in the sustainability of Irish farming, and every uh, dairy beef farmer should place you know real emphasis and value on their calf. The calf is an important part. I wouldn't see the calf as I don't see the calf as a byproduct of the dairy industry. I see it as an important part of the dairy industry. You know, which in turn helps and feeds and integrates into the beef industry. I mean, that's probably the single most important message I would give to all the dairy farmers. Okay, thank you for that, Donal. And uh, every good wish to you down in Clonakilty. Thank you very much, Mary. And just before we finish the programme, if I could go back to you, Dr. Porrick French, and just ask you about all of the work and all of the things we've been talking about uh, on this programme, how does that fit in with the the recently published Climate Action Plan? So, Mary, the Climate Action Plan obviously targets a reduction in methane and carbon emissions. If we can grow the animals faster and get them ready for slaughter at a younger age, therefore they are emitting less uh, methane over their lifetime and this allows us to do that if we can breed animals that are more suitable for beef production that grow faster on our grass-based systems and because they're eating grass it has a lower carbon footprint and also because they grow faster they have a shorter lifetime therefore they have less carbon emissions so you get the double effect of more grass in their diet 
and higher growth rates, shorter life span. So you get a significant reduction in and carbon emissions. How long before you see this kind of rolling out nationwide? So I suppose the, the, as Andrew said, uh, genetics is a slow burner, but it's, yeah. it's cumulative and permanent. So it, it, that's going to take time. But I suppose dairy farmers have proven over the last 10 years that they adopt technology very quickly. And, you know, when it makes logical and economic sense for those, for the dairy farmers to turn over to, I suppose, using better bulls, we have to have those bulls available for them. And that will take a number of years to identify those elite bulls that can have significant effects. But like we have now set, I suppose, a pathway to significant carbon reductions by 2030. Mm -hmm. And that's what's in the, the climate change plan at the moment. And I think the genetics that we're putting through in the dairy beef will have a significant effect in that time period. And do you have any um, fears about difficulties kind of breaking through, maybe reluctance on the part of some farmers? No, I don't, I don't think so. Like we've seen farmers vary in the rate at which they adopt technology. Um, I suppose we have to convince farmers that if they use these beef bulls that are are significantly better for beef traits that they will not have more problems with calving difficulty or longer gestations but I, I think as I suppose the organizations of Chagask and ICBF have worked together with the dairy farmers for many many years now and they have confidence that I suppose what we're trying to do is to try and to improve their profitability and sustainability I think if we work together on this as well you know we will have significant impact over the next number of years. Well, listen, um, the very best of luck. Uh, I have learned so much. Thank you again to Dr. Porik French of Chagask, to Dr. Andrew Crummy of the ICBF and to our dairy farmer, Donald McCarthy, for sharing his own insights and practical experience. As always, information and details about the show can be found on our homepage, abpfoodgroup.com. And that's the final episode in this series of Farm Matters. I hope that we have given you food for thought and I'd like to say a special word of thanks to all of the contributors to the series and also to you for tuning in. Until the next time, Mary Kendi here saying safe farming, Agus Slonagwif.